HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I'll try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Shuho Yagi, or some people know him as Bon Yagi, who is the owner of TIC Group, which operates 12 Japanese restaurants in New York, including the legendary Hasaki, Decibel, and Sakagura. I'm sure most of you have been to at least one of his restaurants and a good time. Hello and welcome to the show, Yagi-san. Hi, how are you? So, um, you know as the creator of the Little Tokyo or Japantown in East Village. For instance, in February, the online magazine Eater New York published an article, Visitor's Guide to the East Village's Little Tokyo, and you were named as the mayor of Little Tokyo in the article. So, how did it start? Um, why did you decide to come to New York in the first place? Well, th- first of all, thank you very much. Uh, you honor me to say I'm the uh, the mayor of the East Village. I'm not not yet. <laughs> maybe when I die, maybe I become mayor. I'm trying to pr- still process uh, making East Village as the uh, town. Uh, many people can enjoy the food, uh, enjoy Japan without air, airfare. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you ask me, how did I come to U.S.? Uh, well, we were born in 1948 with many, many... Uh, kids, uh, baby boomer, so-called, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just just a wild kid, and I figured when I saw the American TV program, American uh, movies, mm-hmm. I thought I want to be 
get there and do something one of those days. Right. So I uh, trying to get into uh, college in uh, Tokyo, and I had a, a hard time to get into college because my friend who graduated one year before me, uh, he was working in Tokyo uh, part-time, uh, doing some work for his school, uh, help his school tuitions. Then mm-hmm. I visited the, the night before for the examination of my college entrance examination. Uh, I had, uh, uh, you know, in Japan they call, you have to help the person, you know, if you're going to stay overnight. So in the morning I get up, he was delivering milk early in the morning. So I was helping him to deliver the milk. And I was late for the examination oh. for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's wow. why I'm here in the United States right now. And I think that was a good choice. Hey, uh, you have to thank your friend. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, but, you know, you before you came, uh, you were really interested in coming here. So you, how did you study English? Oh, so when I, uh, you know couldn't pass the test so I figure I'm gonna what I'm gonna do because I had only one application for the college and then uh, uh, I decided to go to US so there was no uh, school like uh, these days in Japan like uh, Ekimai you know there's a English language school in front of the every uh, Yamano t- station <laughs> and uh, I had to go to Sony just to build a very, uh, you know, the chic, new style uh, showroom in Ginza, Yonchome. Right. I think it's that the building is known for Sony building, like the center of a Western culture at that time. Yes. Right. So I used to carry the uh, dictionary, Japanese English or English Japanese dictionary, and then I used to, you know, uh, talk to uh, uh, tourists, especially, you know, young girls. And uh, I said, uh, can I uh, help you? Or, you know, I try and approach. And, and once they say, oh, uh, are you students? Then I say, yes, I'm learning some English to prepare to go to U.S. And uh, do you have a time? Can you go to Kisaten? <laughs> Kisaten is coffee a, shop. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> then I learned English. That's how I learned English before I come to U.S., yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing, but uh, you always wanted to. I mean, the, the U.S. was a kind of dream. Not in Japan, you wanted to achieve something in the United States. So, where did that mindset come from? Um, like I said, the Japan is uh, so many kids. Everybody study hard. You know, it's it's hard. That time, everybody want to go college. Everybody want to. You know, the Japan was like uh, growing rapidly so much, and uh, I had. Uh, do something different than ordinary people. Mm. So I took the one-way ticket from Japan and uh, went to Yokohama, I went to Hawaii, mm. and then to San Francisco, took 12 days. Then after that, I took a Greyhound bus, crossed the uh, San Francisco to uh, East Coast mm. because I had a uh, address uh, from uh, when I was in Japan. Before I leave Japan, I had a... Uh, working in uh, U.S. Army camp mm. and Camp Zama, and uh, I met a couple of uh, private soldier, and uh, they gave me address. So when I go to U.S., please visit, and 
when I came to U.S., that was totally different world because still uh, segregation. You know, there was the white and the blacks. They were living separated. And, uh, well, Philadelphia wasn't bad, not like the South, but mm. I thought uh, uh, when I was a kid, I saw the, uh, my three sons or TV program or, you know, the most American movie. We saw the uh, fabulous you know, rich family kind of uh, like lifestyle. Right, like Lassie. Or yes, Lassie, kind of. yes. <laughs> and then I, I, when I reached in Philadelphia, I found out uh, this was totally different, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, my life say, oh, but if I do work hard, I think I can do something in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, that was my first uh, settled in Philadelphia right. in the U.S. So, but you had to support actually yourself, right? So I heard you did uh, work, you worked as a gas station attendant, dishwasher, and even like a good grape digger. Yes. <laughs> I, I enjoyed, you know, I, I figure if I have to do anything I can grab on it, and I thought it was going to be not you know, immediately it's going to be uh, American dream, but all those experience, you know, from pumping gas to work in a, a cemetery, uh, any job I found, I thought, the, uh, you know, right now, this is my foundation because mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, like self-taught uh, uh, life experience that's going to future, uh, you know, the uh, use of my uh, life. Mm. So I think, you know, probably you're going to ask me later what's for the young people. Uh, I would say, you know, never afraid, mm. especially when you're young. Mm. You know, you got to try. You know, there's a mountain, you got to go up. Right. And then after leech, uh, you know, you have to find out how you're going to come down. Then mm. you're going to find another mountain. You know, it, it's a life, it's just up and down, up and down, you know, with the. Right. Uh, load on your shoulder. Mm. It's amazing because uh, right now I think uh, Japanese young people are not willing to go abroad because they're trying to be safe, especially after the recession started in 1991. So I think your mindset is uh, pretty inspiring for them. Yeah, I, uh, that's why I came today. I, if I can mention that a little bit to you, you know, there's uh, so many, you know, things without the... Uh, uh, not only internet you can find it you know mm-hmm. you gotta go out there get the information from internet then you s- start doing yourself you know mm-hmm. get up and you know you have to do it mm-hmm. right and uh, so you eventually moved to east village after traveling around and in 1976 you started a wholesale grocery green grocery business so why a green grocery business uh, I was, you know, settling in East Village before I traveled around the world. Uh, like I said, the, any money I, I saved it, I spent it for traveling because I wanted to see, uh, you know, around the world how the people live, how they eat. So I traveled hitchhiking Europe and I drove... Uh, a car from Germany with uh, three other friends uh, into uh, India, then explore the um, uh, the Asia. I went back to Japan and 
to you know that time many young people uh, we call hippies but the traveling you know cross culture american went to japan and the european went to you know america you know everybody was traveling mm. and then i saved some money in japan and came to us and uh, i did a little business in the master's vineyard and mm. uh, oak bluff and from there uh, one summer i spent it but it's a seasonal business, so I figure, you know, I have to hit the, the capital of the world, which is New York. Mm. And uh, I saved some money, and I bought the uh, uh, van. And just myself with my best friend, Mr. Wakayama, was my buddy since we were high school. So he came to uh, U.S. after a year later when I left Japan which is he's the one I was helping uh, what, the milk delivery <laughs> and then I was late but again we're still friends we always you know whatever chance we have to meet and he has a business in New York and also in Japan so we're like a more, more than brothers mm-hmm. you know and uh, again he came to New York with the van so I figure what kind of business you know I can do? I was very fascinated all the time with the uh, uh, you know food business because when I came to U.S. I did a lot of you know job, but always make my stomach full with the restaurant business. Mm. So I figure if I open the business, many you know young people they come, I can feed them, so I can return them, and you know maybe they can do the first step and they can do whatever business they want to do, but. Working restaurant, you get uh, two meals a day. You know that's why you know I wanted to uh, do a restaurant. Then I came to New York, but you can't start business right away. I mean, I didn't have any you know starting up money, so I figure I should check the uh, each like kitchens. You know, mm-hmm. so how to do, go into the restaurant's kitchen? Mm-hmm. I can't just knock on the door unless I, I apply it. So I wanted to see American, French, or Japanese, you know, any type of restaurant. I figure if I do become a wholesale vegetable uh, vendor, I thought, uh, you know, I can visit it. That's why, you know, I brought the band from Massachusetts, and then I start uh, uh, wholesale vegetable without uh, knowing any technique or any sales uh, mind about the wholesale vegetable, right. yeah. Ah, it's like going to school, and it's a very strategic right. <laughs> move. Right. And you also managed a diner called uh, 103 Second as well. And uh, why did you open it, and what kind of diner was it? Okay, the, that's connected with the uh, uh, wholesale vegetable business because uh, when you do the vegetable business, you got to go to midnight to Bronx and uh, uh, fruits and vegetable market. You come back like at 3 o'clock in the morning and you sort it out and uh, you have a few trucks and you, you know, unload it and put it into another smaller truck, delivery. So I needed a station. So in the East Village on the 2nd Avenue 6, there used to be a supermarket, uh, Lyons supermarket, and uh, right next to was the uh, Fillmore East. Uh, some of the people listening probably knows they you know feel more west feel more east feel more east was you know very well known live concert hall mm. and uh, the restaurant 103 second was right next to it and uh, later on that feel more east to become the the disco called the saint mm. 
But anyway, I find out that there was an open space. It used to be supermarket. They had a uh, basement, they had a refrigerator, freezer, everything. So I figured if I take that space to do the wholesale vegetable, the first floor was big space. So I figure, you know, I get the fresh fruits, vegetable. So why don't you don't I use that vegetable? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after sorted out, some of them, you know, left. So before the next day, I want to use up. So I opened up a 103 second, mm-hmm. and I didn't tell anybody. You know, Japanese running the uh, uh, 103 second because most employees was Americans, and we just go midnight to wholesale market. You come back, and the restaurant was 24 hour. Mm-hmm. 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock to midnight, you know, never stop around right. the clock. And we're young, energy, so <laughs> we, we figure we go to market and, uh, you know, the, the sh- we hire a chef. Right. And, uh, yeah, and I heard uh, it became uh, the commissary for artists and performers, including uh, Keith Haring, Andy Warhol, and John Belouche, and Madonna, those people. So. Yes, uh, I was very uh, fortunate to meet these people before they uh, become famous. And some of the other, you know, customer, you know, they become restaurateur and and you know they do a lot of different uh, uh, business. But most other people was very unique and interesting people uh, we serve. Mm. Right. And eventually, in 1984, you opened uh, your first Japanese restaurant, uh, which is a sushi place called Tasaki in East Village. Um, that is still so popular that I always have to wait to get in. Um, but did you plan to build uh, the Japan town already uh, back then at the point? Well, again, uh, uh, when I first uh, opened a store in uh, uh, East Village Vegetable Wholesale, uh, actually retail and wholesale uh, place, uh, I saw the uh, uh, church called the uh, St. Mark's Church. And uh, I I was wandering around in a, in a in a courtyard, and I saw the uh, uh, the Commodore uh, Perry, which is he's the uh, uh, commander. Opened up in Japan, uh, you know, around in eighteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Japan was uh, finishing their uh, Sakoku. Mm-hmm. The closed country for yeah, 200 closed years. Country, yeah, closed that, country, yeah. That's opened up. So Commodore Perry, uh, I, oh, I said, why he's there? And then I said, East Bridge. And I, I'm from East Japan. So I said, this must be something uh, I have to do, you know, uh, settle Destiny, here. <laughs> and then develop some, you know, the community. Mm-hmm. And again, to develop community, you have to be uh, melted into the, uh, you know, the, the neighborhood, and which is I was doing already, selling the vegetable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a lot of people know me, and then when I opened up Hasaki, mm-hmm. and, you know, people they, uh, uh, accepted me, you know, mm-hmm. as a, a Japanese restaurant. Right. But um, how popular was Japanese food back then? It's not as much as now, for sure. The sushi was just, uh, you know, coming up, and I don't know, it's a funny story. I mean, you heard about, like, a tolo, when you go to market, uh, American uh, uh, fish stores, they, they used to throw away, they didn't know what tolo was. Mm. Uh, like, 
well, maybe 25 years ago, I guess, still, when, when the Union Square market, they opened up, and there's a fish guy come, and, and my wife used to go there and buy the uh, tolo, you know, belly of the tuna. It was so cheap. <laughs> then, then they discover that's uh, very pricey stuff after many switch places opened up, and mm. then they they uh, start charging triple. So, right. uh, you know, when, when I opened up a sushi place, there was only, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, 10 sushi specializing. I mean, you know, wow. s- store was there, and then I inspired by the uh, restaurant called Hatsana in the Midtown. Mm. Uh, that was the uh, uh, traditional uh, sushi place, you mm. know, come from Japan. Right. And uh, I try to make the uh, long counter, longest counter in the East Village. Mm. But we had uh, some couple of incidents. Uh, people throw some letters saying we don't need uh, fancy uh, uh, Japanese uh, restaurants in the East Village because oh. you know people thought uh, I'm going to be charging a lot of money. Mm. But my concept was, uh, you know, the the ambience. And the food is uptown, but mm. the downtown price. Mm. And I think still Hasaki is a very reasonable right. uh, price, and I'm serving mm. to the community, you know. So I guess those people first they didn't know, so that's why they throw some, uh, I mean, they left some letter saying we don't need the, uh, <laughs> you know, midtown expensive restaurant. But mm. Right, I'd imagine that time uh, East Village was still artistic and then um, more culturally kind of active. Now, so yes. this uptown is no, no, right? Okay, um, so what was the, the biggest challenge uh, in running a sushi restaurant back then? Um, to get the uh, you know fresh ingredients, I mean, uh, nowadays you have you know three, four, five different uh, suppliers, mm. uh, those days, uh, you know, only few, and uh, especially uh, if you don't, you know. Uh, can floats the fish. I mean, now that we're talking about the in in uh, New York, you know, you gotta f- frozen the fish. Certain fishes uh, can you know frozen. Once you floats, you, you cannot use it. Mm. So that means you know you have to be getting every day fresh fish. That was very hardest that time. You know. Right. Okay. And uh, what kind of people came to Hasaki? Well, we had the uh, 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 East Village that the, the people came from the uh, on the Lafayette. Uh, do you know that uh, the theater in the Lafayette? Oh, the uh, public theater. Yeah, right. public theater the director. He used to come. Ah, yeah. wow, right. Okay, so this started to be already a cultural center in a way. And uh, even now, I know uh, quite a few uh, Western really successful chefs go to Hasaki for the quality and the price. Thank you very much. Right. All right. So now um, let's take a quick break here. And mm-hmm. uh, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Mr. Yagi's, uh, uh, how, how he manages to, uh, 12 popular restaurants. So please stay with us. Thank you. 
You still paying attention? Are you there? Hello, 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 hello. I'm talking to you. Hi. Hey, this is Jack Inslee. I'm the executive producer here at Heritage Radio Network. I've been here at the station since 2009, and I cannot believe just how much this network has grown over that time. We've been able to grow because of donations from people like you. So if you're enjoying this, if you laughed, if you learned something, contribute anything. A dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, anything counts. And trust me, we'll appreciate seeing your name come through on the donations. So consider visiting heritageradionetwork.org, click on that little beating heart, the donate button, and show us you care. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. I've devoted my idiot career to the old ways, the old recipes, the old tools, the old geography of where serious foods come from for centuries. And I've strived to make these wonderful things available to New Yorkers for 37 years. So it's a fait accompli for us to support Heritage Radio Network. And I hope you will too, and I hope you'll keep tuning in. For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Shuho Yagi, who is the owner of TIC Group, which operates 12 Japanese restaurants in New York, including legendary Hasaki, Decibel, and Sakagura. And he's known as the founder of the Japan Town in East Village. So when you opened your first restaurant in uh, Hasagi in 1980s, people don't know much, didn't know much about uh, Japanese food. So you started a Japanese festival called uh, Nihon Matsuri in East Village to educate the public. Um, so what kind of festival was it? Yes. Uh, again, when I saw um, the tombstone uh, Commodore Perry in uh, St. Mark's Church, uh, I felt, you know, this is the, another uh, Japan uh, which is in New York. It's, uh, we don't have any uh, Japanese, uh, well, Japanese restaurants all over, but there was not uh, concentrated in the one spot like uh, Los Angeles or San Francisco. And uh, I always respect, uh, you know, the, the people who came first in, uh, uh, you know, United States and especially to uh, New York and opened up a Japanese restaurant. They had a more courage and uh, adventurous spirit mm. than us. So I wanted to continue those spirit into East Village. So since, again, Perry Commodore helped Japan open the culture and everything, so I figure maybe I'll open up some Japanese culture in East Village, which is, you know, not only my restaurant. There's a, a St. Mark's is a Yakitori Taisho. They have the Sunrise Market. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, so many other, like nowadays, Ippudo here, and many uh, restaurants can survive in mm. the community. So, like you said, the how can I educate the uh, customer? I figure if I open up a different type of uh, Japanese food, uh, they will come. And mm-hmm. plus, many other uh, people with the idea open up Japanese uh, uh, essence food in East Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figure the, if I do the festival called uh, Akimatsuri, mm-hmm. um, Especially in Japan, the Matsuri is like uh, once a year, 
uh, wherever your you know hometown is, you usually go back. Uh, we call the uh, the uh, deceased people come back. The ohigan, mm-hmm. which is right now in Japan, is ohigan, and uh, they have a twice year. Right. Uh, those times they do a festival. So I figured in the East Village, once we start a, a festival, which is many Japanese young people working in uh, uh, Manhattan or you know, all over you, on the New York area, those people, unfortunately, that time, in the 80s, they couldn't go back to Japan. Mm-hmm. So I figured if I do the uh, festival, those people can come once here in the East Village and they can enjoy, especially they, if they're married, they have a little children. So we have a Children's Mikoshi, which is a portable shrine you carry, and then adult shrine. Then mm-hmm. we had uh, all the uh, vendors from you know local people, and you know we have the cultural kendo. We had the mochitsuki. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the dance. You know all, all kind of a fest, uh, festivity mm-hmm. uh, event was uh, held in, uh, in Matsuri. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's also um, it's for the New Yorkers education, but also it's more for the Japanese community. It sounds like yes. So you know, again, the spirit is uh, uh, the Oshigan, which is you know the uh, family uh, deceased people come back spiritual wise, mm. and then you have the festival. You know, comfort of food. You know, street food which is like in Brooklyn they do now, mm-hmm. you know, Smorgasburg, those kind of uh, feeding, it's uh, street f- uh, food and then uh, cultural event. And we did that for, you know, several years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people enjoy it. I guess now they move to Central Park. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's the, the Japan Day yes. Central Park. Right. And I think the last May they gathered uh, 50,000 people. So it grew, it grew tremendously. Yeah. Right. 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 And the festivals, typically, I think not just in Japan, like you said, uh, it creates all those memories, the food memories. So that is great. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, uh, well, by the way, according to uh, the 2010 data from the Japanese government, there are approximately 1,500 Japanese restaurants in New York. And this is uh, almost five times more than uh, the last research in 1992. So I'm sure um, there are more, even more now. And uh, I think you contributed to these numbers by raising interest in Japanese food for the last 30 years now. Thank you. And uh, the Japanese food is, as you know, the uh, very, uh, you know, oriented and in, in, uh, focused on uh, freshness and then, uh, you know, sometimes no cooking. So in other words, you, ha- you can uh, grill, you can steam, you know, you can eat raw. You know, all different type of uh, uh, cooking uh, Japanese food is the uh, uh, known for, and uh, the flavor is from you know the sweet to sour to fermentations. So I think uh, many you know not only Japanese food, you know even uh, Italian or French or any food, they can use the Japanese method mm. for the cooking. Right. Uh, without uh, breaking their tradition, you know, mm-hmm. you know they bring up flavor, umami, mm-hmm. I think. Right. So it's a very versatile food to, to be shared with in different cultures. 
Um, and I heard you are active in donating to local organizations such as churches and police stations. And also,、um, I heard、uh, you gave a drinking sake that you loved after September、uh, 11 until the days reached the number of the victims. So it sounds like you have a very strong sense of community. And where does it come from?、Uh, my father,、uh, actually, my mother's side,、uh, <coughs> I raised、uh, very strongly.、Uh, uh, I don't know, you know, Akashige, which is like a doctor. Who is uh, uh, helping the you know, suffering people, the、mm-hmm. poor or rich?、Uh, it's a Kurosawa、uh, and Red Beard, I think it's、yes. available. I watched it here.、Right. <laughs> right. And、uh, my mother's、uh, family was、uh, uh, 15 generations, and back,、uh, maybe、uh, 10 generations back, was a samurai、mm-hmm. time, and they were、uh, helping the old villager. So, I guess my family tradition is a you don't have to be rich, don't have to, you know, doesn't matter who you are or you know, your rank,、mm-hmm. you just need to help people. So,、mm-hmm. when I came here, you know, I can make beautiful restaurant, I can make, you know, my chef can make a beautiful food, and you know, I get good server, you're missing the customer. So, to bring c u s t o m e r you know, you have to you know, work with the community because、mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter you're in New York, you're in San Francisco. You know, you built, if you three elements, you have it, but you need a customer, right? If you're in Alaska, in nowhere, you, you built a restaurant.、Mm-hmm. You, know,、right. you, you cannot survive. You need a customer.、Right. Which is, customer means they're. they're Community there, so I have to return to、right. community. So, you know, we help the、uh, local police, they do uh, uh, who policemen who was、uh, fighting crime, you know, against the、uh, you know, local,、uh, especially Ninth Precinct, and then、uh, they do、uh, Christmas time, they give the kids to a Christmas gift、mm-hmm. for needy kids, they lined up like, you know. Almost like a, all day to、mm. get the stuff. So, not only I'm helping, you know, many Ukrainian restaurants, Japanese restaurants, all those people we chipped in、mm-hmm. and we get the、uh, gift and they have a tent in front of the precinct and also the musicians and the entertainment where they are lined up,、uh, you know,、uh, they don't get the board on, on the line. So, those kind of stuff. It's again, it's a community together.、Mm-hmm. So I figure, you know, I can give back to community my, you know, profit or my effort. You know, it's not the amount or, you know, anything. You、right. know, just、uh, those,、uh, I think, to survive in the East Village as a Japanese community,、mm-hmm. I think it's very important to work、right. with that. And also, you asked me about.、Uh, <coughs> September 11, I, I, I gave up my. I love、uh, sake because,、uh, you know, I have a Desvel Sakagura. And、uh, when September 11, 2001,、uh, I was nearby that day in 8 45. And then prior to that, they had a, a bomb was exploded in the basement. That was the second time. And.、Uh, 
September 11, uh, I saw the people, you know, jumping from the building, and we had a run from the uh, uh, because we are not in the building, we're the near the immigration, mm -hmm. and uh, we ran through the Chinatown back to my office, which is this village, and uh, my daughter's. Uh, friend's mother passed away in mm -hmm. that incident and I figure I got saved by twice because mm -hmm. first time I was there also right. when the explosion happened. Mm -hmm. The second time was nearby so I said to myself again what I can give to those people who mm -hmm. die over almost 3,000 people mm -hmm. I said I have to give up my drink you know play every day for right. that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the, uh, you know, the 10 years, uh, my son became 21. I had to celebrate his 21, oh, okay. so that was a good timing to, right. you know, have a little toast of sake. Right. Okay. So, um, so your second restaurant was uh, the Shabu Shabu place called the Shabutatsu. And the third one was uh, the sake bar called Isabel, which opened in 1993. And uh, French, uh, the, the fourth one was Sobaya, a handmade soba noodle shop. And then in 2000, before ramen became a keyword for gourmet, you opened a Rai Rai Ken. And now you have a Japanese sweet, sweet cafe, a curry shop, a takoyaki shop, uh, etc. And all of your places have been very popular. So what's the key to success? Uh, I always uh, look, you know, again, uh, in, in, um, you can't forget where you come from, you know. It's like uh, we say the uh, eels, uh, unangis, always af after they're born in uh, somewhere in the Pacific, especially near, in, I'm talking about the Japan, you know, the Philippine area, and then always a, a small fish come back to where they were born, you know, they return. And again, you know, I'm not going back to Japan. Uh, you know, I became American almost 25 years ago. This is my home, and uh, but always I look to the Japan. And uh, uh, since you know, I trying to promote the uh, Japan in East Village, I figure I can introduce specialty store. You know, specialty comfort food, mm. and then. Uh, any Japanese young people who want to open up in the U.S., mm -hmm. they can see from mm -hmm. my restaurant and see, oh, ah. this is the trend. But I always, when I opened up a curry shop, I went to Japan and I, I went to maybe uh, one day, like a 10, and I eat in curry <laughs> shop, same thing ramen, I, I checked. So when I opened up a lilac and I figure, you, what ramen can you eat every day? Ramen, you know, I say show you, and mm. that's the original. Mm. And uh, after the war, you know, ramen was most comfortable food and you know most popular. So I figure in the U.S., you know, to introduce ramen now, ramen's you know all kind of ramen, but you know, first when the American mm. tasted the ramen, I, I just wanted to be comfortable. So that's why they show you, you know. Mm. Yeah. Right. I mean, including sake, um, you know, sushi is very traditional. And I think your place is always the traditional. So people go back and then you can learn what the traditional Japanese food is. Yes. Uh, again, uh, traditional, it's the, uh, you know, you always said the picor. And then I think the success, the, 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 well, again, you know, from there, many people, they get ramen, you know, tradition, but some food you can survive with, uh, you know, trying to make different food. But I, I think myself, 
my uh, concept is always original. You know, go back to original. Mm. That's my key. Right. Okay. And so that's why maybe you don't uh, open a branch of a popular restaurant, but you always open uh, the new genre. Right. Thank you. Right, and uh, so one of them, I think, uh, is very unique restaurant. I would, I'd like my, our listeners know that what kind of restaurants you have. So I think one of the most unique concepts among your restaurants is High Collar, which opened in 2013. Uh, maybe you can tell us what kind of place that is. Yes, Kissa uh, Ten concept uh, in the United States. It's the uh, right now uh, uh, third generation. Uh, coffee, I, I believe. Right, you know? the third wave. Third wave, uh, third wave. Right. right. And those uh, people, they study about the Kisaten in Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up in Japan, you know, when I was high school, we used to go to Kisaten all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. and uh, enjoyed it. So, right, so Kisaten is basically kind of uh, for Japanese people, that was a kind of beginning of Western, you know, since if you go to this cafe, you it's not like a Japanese tea shop, but a Western yes. experience and high quality tea right. and coffee. And, and sandwiches and some spaghetti, you know, uh, you you can taste uh, like a toast, you mm-hmm. know, in the morning service uh, with the hard boiled egg. So certain is the, uh, you know, morning to like a late night. Mm-hmm. Uh, gathering place, especially right. Japan. Uh, uh, that time was very housing was very you know living mm. in small yojohan, which is uh, you know only four tatami space. Right. They didn't have a living room. Mm-hmm. Nowadays it's different. Right. So they're trying to uh, you know uh, closing Lalak Satin, but since the third wave came. Now Japan, they realize that uh, you know we American, we teach Japanese as uh, co- the coffee culture is very important, and then Japan has a quality coffee shop. Right. So that's exactly why uh, Blue Bottle Coffee, I kind of learned from Japanese way to make uh, coffee with uh, siphons, which yes. you use to make coffee at uh, high color. We only, you know, make with the siphon and the drip, and we don't have an espresso or you know. Uh, any other machine, just uh, AeroPress we have. Anything is a hand, mm. we use it, but we don't use a machine right. uh, in, in uh, high color. Right, and I, I, when I was there, I ordered a pot of tea, and then the sunglass came with it. It was very nostalgic and <laughs> classic. Yeah. Okay, and you serve uh, the Japanese, uh, you know, sandwiches and, you know, the the own rice, which is uh, yoshoku. And uh, when, you know, kisaten became popular in early 20th century, that yoshoku became a popular food. So you can experience it, Haikawa. It's a Taisho period, you know, that's the uh, uh, turn of, uh, after Edo, it became Meiji, but mm-hmm. then Meiji was just transitional from samurai to get used to with a little Western culture. But then once Western culture settled, uh, uh, the Taisho period, they bring in more like details, you know, like a, a bar, cafe bar, mm. uh, kisaten, and like a drinking star wines, and you know, more like uh, Western culture was start uh, growing in Taisho period, you know. Right. Okay. So, uh, this is the last question for you. Um, so, how do you predict the future of Japanese cuisine in New York, in America? Uh, I think the one. Uh, 
area, it's not uh, uh, in the restaurant business in New York by Japanese influences. Uh, in Japan, many young people, uh, right now less, but they go to Italy, they go to France, they come to the U.S. They study uh, abroad for cooking. And they go back to Japan and then Again, they use umami, you know, the, the flavors and uh, how to take a dashi in Japanese style. Um, those Western food, French or Japanese, uh, Italians or any other uh, uh, restaurant cuisine, maybe they can bring to U.S., I think, some, you know, adventurous, you know, not the fusion. I'm mm-hmm. talking about, the, you know, traditional Italian, and traditional French, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trend, trend uh, in that each country, you know, and they open up in Japan and mm-hmm. they modify the Japanese taste. Right. So those maybe start coming into U.S. and, and challenging with the, uh, you know, American chef mm-hmm. or French chef who owns in uh, uh, New York, right. you know, famous uh, Italian or French, mm. maybe some Japanese adventure chef, right. he's going to come and the challenge in, in mm. the U.S. market. Right. I think that's going to be that direction. Right. So inspiring each other. Kind yes. of. Right. All right. So um, thank you for joining us today, Yagi-san. You are welcome. Uh, so, listeners, if you'd like to know more about uh, uh, Yagi-san's restaurants, please visit uh, tic nyc.com and if you have any questions or comments please contact us at heritageradionetwork.org by the way we just launched a new beautiful new uh, website so please visit our page Japan Eats and uh, Japan Eats is live at 3pm on Mondays and always available at heritageradionetwork.org today's engineer was Lisa Smith and I'll see you next week Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.